Before we begin this podcast episode, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we gather on today, the Bunurong, Bunwurong and Wurundjeri Woiwurrung peoples of the Kulin Nation and pay our respects to Elders past and present. Welcome to Artspeak, where Australia's contemporary Muslim artists give a voice to their visual art. I'd like to welcome Nashita Muhammad Ismail, a digital artist and graphic designer based in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome, Nashita. Thanks, Natalie. <laughs> Thanks for having me today. <laughs> so, Nashita, you're a digital artist and graphic designer. So, can you tell me more about how you fell into this type of art? So, it's a bit of a long story, but I want to try to just compress it down as much as possible. I've always been a creative it's always been a part of my life. Um, I've loved drawing, I love sketching. And um, when I think about it, even back in school when we had to make, you know, like posters about a topic and then you had to present it in front oh, of everyone. Yeah. So when you think about it now, the fun part was making those posters. And looking back, it's all actually, it's all actually part of graphic design. So just making those posters are all actually part of graphic design. And um, I didn't know I had those skills all the way back then <laughs> and just finding the joy in that. Mm-hmm. And I think I've always been a techie person as well. So everybody knew Photoshop back then, mm-hmm. but uh, I was able to play with Photoshop elements. So it's it's like a, a basic stripped down version of Photoshop. And I would just make, I don't know, Photoshop these little things here and there and just make it for my friends so yeah it was all sort of part of it but I just never really realized until later on in life so um, I think for a lot of people when VCE hit I think that's when everyone just starts thinking like okay what am I going to do afterwards and then all the fun is kind of like gone so I felt like I just had to do subjects that I had to do rather than picking subjects I wanted to do right and I wasn't really taught much about what kind of careers were out there in the world. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. I should just do something in science. So that's why I did a few units in science and math and then you know graduated and went to uh, Monash University where I did a Bachelor of Science. And it wasn't my first choice, but Alhamdulillah, it made me pick electives. So you're allowed to pick electives other than your science units. And uh, from there, I was thinking, okay, you know what, let's do something besides science, something that's easy for me to do. I saw a design unit. I thought, all right, let's do it. I did it. And you could see the results right next to each other, so different. And I was thinking, oh, I have a lot of potential in design. (laughs) It's like, I think I can do design. But it's really interesting because just seeing how everything turned out, I did fail a few uh, science units and it just sort of opened my eyes a bit Mm -hmm. and just seeing how well I was doing in design just made me just sort of look at it in a a different way. So um, because I had to repeat some units, um, I had a bit more free time and I even just decided, all right, let's, let's do a diploma of graphic design. (laughs) Let's let's just do it. So that was, that was initially the first step of like experiencing that, that industry. And I'm so grateful that I even just experienced that with that one unit and mm-hmm. then started just growing from there. Um, and then I think afterwards, um, during like my last, probably like my last year of my diploma, 
online designs, by the way. Um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do because you know how you have a lot of dreams, you have a lot of ideas, but you're not really sure how to do it. So a workmate of mine suggested I do this short course in new small businesses. And then from there, I was able to just sort of get started on the business. And that's where I am today right now. So I've been kind of switching between the freelancing and, and being a digital artist. And alhamdulillah, I know, I know I'm capable of, you know, the graphic design, but I would like to focus more on the digital art and just learn more about my style and just expand from that and just create more, have that ability to create more and everything. So that sounds really exciting. It just seems that it was almost like a domino effect for you um, of, you know, coming to this realisation that you wanted to be a graphic designer and a digital artist. Um, it just seemed to all happen very organically, you know, when you were given the opportunity to, you know, take some electives um, in your science degree and things like that. Yeah, alhamdulillah. I think, yeah, just I never thought of it as a domino effect, but um, yeah, it actually is. <laughs> and um, beforehand, I actually, I thought I had my life all planned out. Like I, I didn't, I wanted to be, I think it was like a, a medical scientist or something, but I'm really glad how things turned out right now. And I'm so grateful, um, especially like, you know, to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for just letting this happen to me and just being able to recognize it and pursue it. Like you, sort of like a gut feeling and like, yeah, I should probably do this. So no regrets on that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome to hear. Awesome. And um, I know you were talking before about um, Photoshop elements. Yeah. Um, so that leads into my next question. You know, there's so many different brands and types of technology out there for digital artists these days, like computers, tablets, and interactive pen displays. So can you give me some more insight into the mediums and software that you like to use? When I first started, uh, I mostly used my laptop. Um, it was a Surface Pro 4. I still have it. It is kind of slow, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I intended to upgrade. But I think when COVID hit, um, you know, everyone mostly was working from home. I was looking through laptops here and there and I decided, you know what, let's let's invest in a custom PC. So I got my own personal computer wow. and it's like my own, I have like my little like studio <laughs> in, like, in my bedroom, but We'll see how we go. I would yeah. like to get that out of my bedroom. <laughs> but like my bedroom is like where I sleep, where I eat, where I watch like leisure stuff. And then I also um, do most of my work there. Yeah. So it's like everything in the one room. But in terms of the equipment that I use, I actually bought my brother's old tablet because I think he started doing animation a while back and um, he didn't want to use it anymore. So I sort of I bought it off him. And that's a very old tablet, but it still works like a charm. So... You know how they have those old, old equipment, but they still work so good? Like, don't throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I find, you know, like there's some pieces of old equipment, not even just the technology, but even I think of, you know, certain kitchen appliances. Yes. Back then they were built to last. <laughs> yeah. So, so with this one, I thought I was going to like give it away or sell it. And I'm like, no, this is good. I'm going to, it still works. What do I want to give it away for? But I did see those touchscreen drawing tablets. So the one that I have, you just connect it to the computer and uh, you kind of lose it, use it like a mouse pad, but you have the drawing pen with it. So that's like a bamboo sort of. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, uh, so it's a Wacom Intuos Pro. Yeah. Yeah. You know that one? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and, but I've, I've seen like, uh, I think it was the Cintiq Pro where it's like got a touchscreen and then you have the screen like right there in front of you. Sometimes I do like having the pen directly on the screen to draw but then I'm also used to um, that other style as well where you use it like a mouse pad so I would like to upgrade but I, I'm not gonna like get rid of that old one anytime soon. <laughs> 
And I suppose that leads into, you know, my next question as well, um, being like that digital art is a relatively new art form, which was born from these 21st century technological innovations. Historically, art forms which are not uh, traditional, such as painting and sculpture, have always been pushed to the periphery of the art world. Uh, One example that I think of as well is photography. Like when photography first started, many art institutions struggled to validate an art practice founded on these mechanical and chemical processes. And since digital art is so new and technology-based, it can potentially face similar obstacles. So what do you feel are some of the challenges that you face as a digital artist? When I first started, it was all just experimenting and just posting my content out there. But when you want to start actually like showcasing your artworks in like galleries and exhibitions that's where I that's where I started to just look in my community and like in my local area to just see what what I can find there there were a lot of you know galleries around my area but unfortunately I remember back then even just asking them and inquiring they wouldn't allow me to put my artwork in because it wasn't part of like the traditional art styles like painting and all that so it kind of did put me down a bit but I think afterwards honestly I just I just stuck with posting everything online because everything was on social media so that was probably the easiest way to showcase my work slowly slowly and alhamdulillah I did actually find a few galleries that accepted my artwork and it didn't matter what kind of uh, medium you're using so and even having my artwork here in in the Islamic Museum of Australia it's still here so I'm just when I look at it like yes it's still here (laughs) they they love it thank you (laughs) so I'm really grateful for that and um I just want to like thank you guys for having me as well so and just being able to be invited here to do the podcast is just um pretty exciting. (laughs) Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. I also read online that your goal with your art is to encourage others to be the best versions of themselves with design. So how do you go about inspiring this in your art practice? Um, I do this through experience. Going through my journey as a digital artist, it doesn't matter like what you're trying to pursue. Um, Just being able to let people know Um, the experiences that you go through in life and what you learn from it I try to do that so um, with the route that I'm taking I do that by also showcasing my work and for example if I had uh, a stall set up to sell my artworks and let's say it it didn't go well because that actually did happen when I first started what I realized from then was like the wrong place wrong people so Mm -hmm. that's what you learn from it so I was hesitant to um, post about something like this because I did let people know that okay this is where my stall is going to be if you're interested in coming down and all that so I just posted about how like with life comes a lot of experiences and it's just honestly it's the way that you handle it and the way that you what you learn from that and grow from that so um while I make the artworks I just want people to also understand that you know life comes with ups and downs so like it's through experience so I try to do that and if if somebody can benefit from what I say in my posts or, or, or any, anywhere else, then I think that's very like it's satisfying to me. Yeah, I think that's especially important as well because with, you know, social media in general and how you were saying before that you use social media as a platform to distribute or showcase your work, these notions of sort of perfection and, you know, everything always looking 
really great and positive all the time is so pervasive. (laughs) (laughs) That's true because, uh, I mean, you don't have to be fully transparent because you also have your personal life as well. But um, just being able to show people that, look, it's okay to make mistakes or it's okay that, you know, things don't go well because that's life. And I think just being able to break through that just makes other people more comfortable and give them that room to grow. Also, as a Muslim, the artworks that I produce um, are mostly landscapes. And what I try to show is to let people know that, just a a reminder that, you know, look around us, what we have around us, you know, whether if it's like the ocean or the trees or the sky, when you look at it, isn't it all like a form of art as well? Like, mm-hmm. let's let's be grateful for what we have. And like for, for all my Muslims out there, it's also greater expectations for, you know, the hereafter. So it's, that's what I try to also um, display through my art as well. Yeah, that's really beautiful, Nishita. And so what's what's been a highlight in your art career so far? With this question, <laughs> I honestly had to think about it. But I realised that just being able to make the art that I want to has been the highlight because I think my younger self would be really proud of me. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, like when I think of how I was back then and I think before I started the digital art, you have those phases where you miss doing something like I miss drawing or I miss doing this, doing that. So just being able to to make the artwork, um, that's probably the main highlight. And then there are times when, you know, obviously things happen in life and it kind of stops you from doing what you want to do. But when you get back into it, it's like, yes, I can't believe I get to do this. Um, still a lot to do, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot to do. But just I think when I sit down at the computer and make the artwork and just slowly see it come to life and I try to take screenshots every time just to see the progress and I keep it for myself, um, yeah, that's the best thing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And so I know that you currently volunteer as a secretary and art director for the She Campaign. Can you tell me more about this initiative and your roles in it? So, yeah, I'm, I'm volunteering with them. Uh, the, the She Campaign uh, Incorporated is a women's nonprofit organisation uh, in the southeast of uh, Melbourne. And uh, we just had a few volunteers come in as well. But we aim to empower women from all walks of life through education. So, before COVID, um, we had support groups, programs, events, fundraisers. But then when COVID hit, kind of like died down a bit. But I think it was the first lockdown. We would, we had like a few meetings that we were thinking, we need to do something about this. What can we do? So like, hey, we're all at home. Why don't we do a podcast? <laughs> so we started. It's called Tea with She, if anybody wants to know. <laughs> what a cool name. I love yeah. that. <laughs> but um, it's also been, um, again, with like everything's going on and then you know how we always go into those lockdowns and it's just, it's hard. Um, so we haven't been um, as active as we used to be. Hopefully though, I don't think I'm supposed to say anything, but in the coming weeks, I'm excited for what's to come. So we're trying to get things back on track and we just recently had a meeting about it. So I'm really looking forward to that. And if you'd like to find out more, you can go on Instagram and search at underscore the she campaign. Check us out. Great. Yeah. So no more spoilers in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And my last question for you today, Nishita, what's a piece of advice you'd like to give to other budding artists listening to this episode? Don't live a life of regret, live a life through experiences. And what I mean by experiences is, you know, take opportunities obviously not all opportunities (laughs) 
trust your gut to know which ones to take, take care of your health. And because, you know, life comes with ups and downs and it's the way that we handle things that defines who we are. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nishita. And thank you so much again for coming on to our podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Nat. Subscribe to our Muslim Arts Hub to be notified first when new podcast episodes go live and to stay in the loop with other arts news, opportunities and events. Be sure to join the Islamic Museum of Australia's communities across social media as well. Just search Islamic Museum of Australia on Facebook and Instagram.